Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center in Santa Monica, California, the heart of Silicon Beach. And I'm happy to be here for another great show. Um, this is a special post-election edition. So um, we're going to start um, moving forward with Mike Neal, who is a um, pollster in um, Phoenix. And we'll talk a little bit more in a second. And then... Um, in the second half hour, we're going to um, give a little further discussion on the election and then give you a quick update on some internet news that we will probably be covering in subsequent shows. So it is great to have you on. Um, and um, we will um, start with Mike O'Neill. Are you here? I'm here. Mike. Um, What's left of me anyway after last night? Yes, this is a busy season for you. I, it's funny. I remember the first campaign I worked on, the, the press guy. Um, he actually would check himself into a hospital at the end of a campaign and just hook himself up to IV and re- replenish himself. Um, well, I understand that. I got home around 1 a.m. and uh, and had an early morning TV, and uh, any sane person would go to sleep. I finished this article, then tried to go to bed, and I, then I stayed up watching late-night cable news. I couldn't turn it off. <laughs> so... Um, so can you tell us a little bit let's let's start with the basic um obama won but but why uh well first and foremost i guess i i the thing that strikes me is look he won last time with like 53 percent of the vote this time he got 50 he carried 48 of the same states that he carried last time and those states that he carried last or 48 states were the same he lost indiana He lost North Carolina. The first thing that strikes me about this election is we have rerun. This is the first time in American history we have rerun the same election for four times now. 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012. Forty states have stayed the same. There's ten states in play. A couple of them have moved one way or another, and that determined the outcome. But we've had, you know, four elections in a row that are real close. Obama had the biggest margin last time because kind of all the stars were aligned. He, he, he captured the mantle of change and excitement. 
but he but that got him a couple more percent than he got last night. And last night he's facing what anybody would have to admit the drags of a really awful economy. Uh, you can no longer have this Rorschach test of uh, where everybody sort of reads their own values into him because he's got a four-year record to look at, right. and some people don't like everything they see. And all those huge changes, and it cost him maybe 2%. We have a very, very divided country. And actually, you mentioned an important point, you know, the Rorschach test. I mean, there were a lot of, you know, basically people had their own private Obama. That um, I know people who are really upset with Obama you know, doing certain things, and not that he had ran saying he was going to do them, but you know, in their view, they imbued Obama with these certain characteristics of what they wanted him to be. And both sides. I mean, the right is crazy against him because he wants to take away your guns. Of course, he's done absolutely nothing in that era, but they really believe, well, he hasn't done it, but he really wants to. Or the, the far left is saying, well, you know, he really, he really governed as way too much of a centrist. He wanted him to take on the evil Republicans, and they wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, I look back at what, you look back what he promised to do in 2008, he pretty much kept to the script of what he actually promised. Now, what he didn't do was all the stuff that everybody who uh, had back at their head notions about what he was really about, and he didn't fulfill their wildest fantasies, and some of them weren't uh, real crazy about that. And I honestly think, you know, I'm, I, it's no secret I'm a Democrat, and I honestly think that um, Democrats have somewhat of a skewed view of what their precedent should be. And it's partly due to the legacy of Camelot. Um, I, I think the idealization of the Kennedy presidency has created this false expectation that all Democrats must live up to, you know, really the the idealized version of what, what Kennedy administration was like and not the actual version. Could I, yeah, could I, yeah, I was going to say, it, it wasn't what the Kennedy administration actually was. It was the reconstruction. Uh, he, he was in the grave before the word Camelot was ever used. That was, that was invented by Jackie after the fact. And, 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 it, and it stuck. Presidency. I mean, you know, it, you know, maybe near the end, he, he was he was definitely favored to win re-election, but you know, by no means was his you know uh, a, a skate through um, you know popular you know, you know was he entirely popular throughout the entire presidency. In fact, he had some quite low you know some low points after the failure of the Bay of Pigs, and and so I just think Democrats too often I think put put that standard on their president. I think the Bay of Pigs though may have saved this country. I think it developed a certain skepticism, and when and when uh, in the Cuban Missile Crisis, the military said to him, "Don't worry, we can bomb, we can bomb them. The Russians won't do anything." He had developed a healthy sense of skepticism about that advice, and we now know what the Russians would have done. They would have bombed New York. Yes, I mean Khrushchev's uh, memoirs have said that, and that. And, and 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 nobody at this point has any incentive to lie about that. So that's very credible. We know what well, there's records of what happened on our side. There have been the memoirs of what happened on the other side. Uh, we escaped a nuclear holocaust by luck, and frankly, by a a young president who had developed some spine over uh, as a result of uh, of frankly a, a negative. You know, it's like the old adage. You know, I learned from my mistakes. He learned from his mistakes. You know, some people get more lessons than others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, it's just a footnote. You know, Khrushchev's son is actually a professor at your alma mater at Brown. 
Yeah, uh, uh, along and and one of the students there while he was on the faculty was John Jr. How funny! I wonder, I, wouldn't you love to be a fly on the room for that one? Oh, definitely, especially from considering the stories I heard about John Jr.'s exploits while he was Brown. But um, I heard he was quite a he was a pharmacology major then. Oh. <laughs> an activist and an activist, yes. Now. Um, what are some? Of, what are the, the major takeaways? I think from the election. Wow, I've, I've mentioned divided government. The other thing that is ironic, and you really, we spent how many billions of dollars? We have returned essentially the same government. And what's really staggering about that is, you ask people, are they happy about the way that things are going? Eighty percent will tell you no. And what did we do with our government? We reelected the president. We reelected both a Senate and a House in virtually the same numbers as exist right now. It looks like the Democrats might get one seat in the Senate and a literal handful in the House, but basically no change, certainly not in the personnel. I mean, a few personalities changed, but, uh, but there, there wasn't a policy mandate in the election of the legislative branch because essentially that's steady state. So, I mean, so so we want change, but we return the same thing. And I think that the reason we got divided government, I think, is very clear. We got divided government because we are a divided country. We do not agree on what we want to do. And, and, and we are divided geographically. That's one of the reasons we get greater extremes in the House, because we typically re, uh, return our congressmen with very large majorities, uh, and we're, but we're upset with Congress collectively because it's those other folks in those other kind of states that we don't like. It's them, whatever that means, whoever they are. It's them. Whoever the them is. Now, um, it, it seems though. What do you, to what extent is this really just a factor of money? That you know, it takes a lot of money to win, um, and this sides in this election, both sides had ample money. Although uh, clearly, you know, uh, the right had more money than the Democrats. But, but I don't think it mattered. I mean, what this showed, this election was about at the presidential level, I think it showed the limits of money. It says when both sides have huge piles of money, the last hundred million or so really doesn't make any difference. Because at some point, uh, everybody in Ohio and Florida has heard every ad that every ad maker can produce until they're sick to death of it. I called my dad once. He lived in Virginia. I called him about a week ago. He said, I almost didn't answer the phone. You're the 10th call I've gotten today, the other nine were from politicians. Right. I mean, that's the, this hour. <laughs> you know, it, it's absolute massive overkill. Now, I, where money matters, we had a couple of propositions. You probably heard all about this money fundling operation from Arizona uh, that went to California. Well, they siphoned off about 10% and they used it here to give, kill a couple of progressive proposals, one of which would have instituted the California top two system here. They got beat down two to one. Um, essentially, when one side, you know, it's, this is like nuclear armament. When one side is armed and the other isn't, then the side that's armed is going to win. But the presidential election showed, hey, if you you arm everybody to the teeth with money, there at some point, the next dollar really doesn't make any difference. But what about the House level and you know, those type of races? I mean, how, I mean, there's 
one of the arguments is that you know, there's so such entrenchment in Congress just because of what it takes to win a, a House race. Well, I'll tell you, we had an independent redistricting commission here, and they did their job. Now, they were under severe constraints to uh, comply with the Voting Rights Act, which you know requires that you pack minorities into a certain number of districts. But the upshot of which is we have nine congressional districts, and three of them were, jet, were, were drawn to be competitive. You know, in the whole country, there's 10 races that haven't been called yet for the House, and three of them are those competitive races in Arizona. They drew competitive seats, and they got competitive elections. And I tell you, I don't know who's going to win any one of those. I got some guesses. But I guarantee you, whoever wins, in two years, they're going to have to face a real challenger, and they're going to have to earn their keep to stay. And, and actually, one of those districts was the, was the former district of Gabby Giffords, right? Yeah, and Ron Barber's actually last count down by about two hundred votes. And and you know, like last time that that was one that was one of the last races to be called last time. It was like- yeah, and this is a slight. Well, this is complicated. This is a slightly more Democratic district, uh, and he did win uh, this little short six month term. Uh, and he moves into a little bit more Democratic district, and but actually he had a stronger opponent uh, was the main thing, and so he uh, you know he's. He's neck and neck. It could go either way. As I say, it's less than 200 votes right now. And you also had a very close Senate race. You had Jeff Flake winning there. Ended up being about five or six points, I think. Uh, it was a lot. It was it was uh, closer than many thought, but it ended up being pretty much in line with party registration. We have about a 6% Republican plurality, and that was about the margin of victory. If Gabby hadn't been shot, she would have run and beat him? Yeah. Oh, oh, if, oh, for the Senate? Yeah. Um, not not clear. She would have been a strong candidate, but she was not iconic until she got shot. Uh, you know, she almost lost her previous election. Right. I mean, it's barely won. Of course, it was in the Republican wipeout year. So, uh, you know, she has an iconic status, but that's all since having been shot. They vilified her. They went after her. They almost beat her. Uh, I'm not sure, frankly, that she would have been as strong a candidate as Carmona. Carmona was was a really good candidate, uh, and they, the people in Tucson, all that I talked to, and I'm I'm in the northern part of the state, and information only flows in one direction. The Phoenix people never hear about Tucson the other way around. The Tucson people know about Phoenix, but all the Tucson people, the, the phrase they used to describe Rich Carmona was rock star. This guy is a up by the bootstraps guy. Vietnam vet uh, who's uh, who ran a hospital, you know, went to medical school late. He was Surgeon General. He's a deputy sheriff. They've, there's videotapes of him hanging from a helicopter rescuing people. I mean, it, the story goes on and on. He was. There's a reason why he was recruited in the White House to run uh, for uh, for the Senate. In fact, prior to the Democrats trying to recruit him. Uh, Kyle and McCain tried to recruit him to run for Congress, which he turned him down as a Republican. He was prior to this uh, an independent. That's a good sign. So very, very attractive candidate. But, uh, you know, Jeff Flake is is a reasonably attractive candidate as well, and that played up. He's he's an interesting character. He's one of the few that when, uh, when, when the Republicans talk about how they want to be budget cutters and then they go and act completely differently once they get to Washington, He's someone who's played that straight. He, he's sincere about it. And, and that ticked off a lot of the people at home who wanted him to bring home the bacon. And he said, I don't do that, which, which contrasts him 
to most of his peers who talk one game, but then they then they engage in pork barrel politics. He didn't, and that I think that fit him very well to the tenor of the times. It uh, it insulated him from the kind of the hypocrisy argument. Well, what was it P.J. O'Rourke says Republicans you know constantly you know, campaign on the fact that government doesn't work, and then they get elected and prove it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I, the one thing I got to uh, give to Jeff Flake, he has been a, he's been a, a budget hawk, and he's been consistent about it. Now, um, were there any really su- real surprises from last night? Not a one. Not even uh, uh, not a single. So I, I'm hard pressed. I don't know. I, I I predicted 50 states. Every one of them came out exactly as I thought. We thought there'd be no change in this. I mean. It, it, around the minor edges, I think Tester's hanging on to his seat in the Senate. That's a surprise. And the Democrats might win the seat in North Dakota. Those, those I think they'd probably be it. Yeah. I think they called North Dakota. and uh, For the Democrat? Yes. Yeah. Those are, the two, those are the only two that were inconsistent with the consensus poll predictions. And my guess is the only reason those could be off is that there probably wasn't much data out there because people, Democrats, had written those off, so we didn't get very. Essentially, in the presidential race, when you have a mass of polling or in very competitive states, there's a lot of data to work with, and it's hard to get it wrong. Uh, where, quote-unquote, the polls tend to be wrong, they're not really wrong. It's just you don't have very much. For example, we had almost no data on the Senate race because most the consensus was that Flake was going to win. Right. And so there was almost no polling to run from. So it's anybody, so, so we could have, you know, the political prognosticators could go and opine on what they thought, but nobody really knew. Right, who's going to fund a poll that where there's really no no doubt as to what the outcome is? I guess especially to fund an, an expensive and therefore a decent one. You know, you can do a cheap robo poll for nothing, but uh, but it's hard to uh, base much of a decision on that. So, I mean, having been in Washington after you know, both victories and, and wooden defeats, um, this is a day where uh, uh, if you're on the latter side, there's a lot of ruminations, a lot of people trying to explain why this happened and, and plan and trying to adjust um, for the the next election. And uh, if you're on the Republican side, are you, are you calling this last night defeat? Or are you saying last night was uh, a victory we, we let slip through our hands? Because you know, they could have had the Senate if they didn't you know, go too extreme in Missouri and, and um, you know, Indiana. Indiana. Um, and and it, this seems to cost them terribly. Well, I think if you would examine two statements that are out there, the first is Mitch McConnell, who basically is unreconstructed and will deal with you, but only if you adopt the Republican platform. Right. And a polar opposite, two polar opposite statements. One was from uh, Boehner. Yes. Basically said, let's sit down and work together. And the other one is Cronin, the Cronin, I may pronounce the senator from Texas, yes. is the number two number two guy in the Senate, and basically he said, you know, we have to reassess what we are, which I thought was interesting and reflective. So if the Mitch McConnells of of, of the party went out, we will have four more years exactly like the last four. Uh, But Boehner and uh, Senator Cronin, Cronin, uh, if those two went out, then there may be some, uh, you know, some reflection. I thought Frankly, the wisest counsel on her, that 
was the statement that I heard from Chris Matthews. And basically what he said is, we should have some deference to the process. And look what the people gave us. They gave us a, uh, a split Congress, and they returned a Democratic president. So we should sit down and cut a deal. But in deference to the election, that deal ought to be more or less a 60-40 Democratic deal. And if it had been Romney won with the same Congress, it should have been a 60-40 Republican deal. Anybody who goes in there and saying we're not going to compromise is not only, I think, failing to do their job, they're, they're failing to recognize the legitimacy of the process. Okay, so um, we need to um, take a short break. and we come back, we'll um, be back with Mike. We'll, we'll have some more insights as to who won in 2012 and why. Now, you're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report on Webmaster Radio FM. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Talking about um, the election results, and Michael Neal has a polling firm that he's been very active with. Mike, um, I'm thinking the, the kind of the hypothetical room with all the Republicans with their um, kind of their 
trying to figure out what's next and who to blame. And yeah, this I hear I can imagine it's going to be competing statements from ranging from you know well Mitt Romney wasn't conservative enough to um, we went too conservative to um, a more maybe more insightful analysis. Like I saw one headline: "This is not your father's America." You know, this is now a more diverse, multiracial America, and we can't win being the white man's party. I think that's exactly what's going on. The latter group is the pragmatists who want to win elections, who look at the demographics and say that uh, every election cycle here, we're going to have an electorate that's about 2% less white than the one before, and that uh, in the future, 2012 may look like a high mark, as... Uh, you know, one of the interesting little factoids I heard is that Ronald Reagan in 1980, uh, 1984 got the exact percentage of the white vote that Mitt Romney got last night. Ronald Reagan won 400 electoral votes. Mitt Romney won 200. Reagan won, what, 49 states? Yes. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.